Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back. This is Tavis Killian bringing you another fresh episode of the Monday Madness podcast in 2023. I've already done it, folks. I've made the same mistake I make every year. As I typed out the date for this podcast script, you best believe I typed 2022 like I was still living in the past. Thank God we live in the digital age that automatically timestamps everything because I used to make this mistake when I was writing checks for lunch money every school year. Yeah, that's right. I was writing checks to the school for lunch money as my parents would transfer it into my account and probably didn't want me to lose the cash. But you didn't come here to listen to the tales of who they used to call Old Man Tavis way back in the days of middle school and high school. You came here to listen to the biggest statistics within the world of energy and the secret stories that may not be reaching the front pages of traditional media companies. First, of course, we start with commodity prices. WTI is a tough one to read at the moment. Does it want to be above or below $80? This is a very volatile testing point that many claimed would end in a cheaper barrel by the time the calendar flipped, but that just isn't the case. While the claims of the $100 barrel weren't quite fulfilled, the same goes for the 50 to 60 barrel that many touted. That is not to say that this morning has been good for WTI. It opened up at about 80 peaked at 81, and has since crashed down to about 77 and a half. Do not be alarmed, my friends. While Monday tends to be incredibly volatile, we also have the added benefit of quarterly transitions. That's right, folks. This is the first federal business day of 2023, so many traders are adjusting benchmarks and contracts for the upcoming quarters. Give it a day or two, and we will have this all sorted out. At the moment, the spread between WTI and Brent has shrunk to about $5. If you look at the spread data for the recent year, this is one of the lowest points we have seen since last April. It peaked at around July at $14 for a brief period, but right now it seems to be trending downward, especially since then. Brent currently sits in the low $83 range. Natural gas continues to fall in price, and it is now less $4 per MMBTU. That's right, as I wrote the script, the ticker briefly flipped to 3999. That's the lowest price we have seen since February of 2022, and I have half a mind to predict it will fall even lower. This price swing most likely has to do with the fact that the volume of natural gas being imported has decreased dramatically. This is primarily because most of Europe has been importing boatloads of gas to prepare for the time when they would no longer be able to purchase boatloads of gas from Russia. But that is a double-edged sword. Once Russia stops selling to those observing the price cap, the gas has to come from somewhere, and I pray the U.S. has the export capacity to service everyone's needs. Until then, enjoy much cheaper natural gas prices, and prices you came to be familiar with around five years ago. Next is the rig count. A rather anticlimactic way to open up the year, but there was no change in this week, leaving us with a total of 779 rigs, or 193 more rigs than we had this time last year. Now just because it has a change of zero doesn't mean that folks in the energy industry kicked up their boots and took a nice break for the holiday season. No sir, they're always working, and we have three more rigs in the Ardmore Woodford and one in the Permian. We have one less in the DJ, two less in the Canner Woodford. Definitely a bit slower than usual, but there is still change. State by state, this leaves Texas up two, Oklahoma up one, with Louisiana, New Mexico, and Utah down one each. There was no change in the Gulf. There's a seeming emphasis on directional wells that will be targeting an even split between oil and gas, and overall, this is not a bad way to start out the year. Sure, we could have seen a few more rigs added to the total, but it could have just as easily gone the other way. So keep your chin up, everyone. 
Lastly is the inventory report, which was not covered last week. I ran out of time to get out a Thirsty Thursday together before I left for Iowa, but that doesn't mean we won't visit that data today. After a few weeks of flip-flopping builds and draws at varying magnitudes, no one was really sure where the domestic inventories would travel. The EIA expected a 1.5 million barrel draw, but reported a little more than a 700,000 barrel build. The API also expected a drawdown of about 3 million. They were right about the direction, but wrong about the magnitude. The reported draw was actually much closer to 1.3 million barrels, but a draw nonetheless. Believe it or not, the SPR inventory decreased yet again. The most recent data suggests another 3.5 million barrel drawdown, leaving the SPR at just 375 million barrels, or the lowest amount we've had since December 9th of 1983. While the sharp decline is definitely slowing, it is a far cry from leveling out. The White House has said they will begin rebuying soon, but no one can be quite sure when soon is. As oil continues to trickle out, it may be a good time to start that process immediately, as the average price per barrel of oil released was just north of $90. If they wait too long, the whole operation may have been conducted at a loss. So, there is no time for dilly-dallying. Gasoline inventories in the U.S. look to be headed for historical normal territory, but it just finds itself right up against the bottom of that range. Do keep in mind that the Christmas and New Year's holiday seasons just went down, so a lot of that could be associated with folks traveling home and back again. Give it another week or two here before we begin to freak out about being right where we were six months ago. Regardless of how you look at it, two straight weeks of three million barrel drawdowns means something significant. Distillates exhibited the same behavior of gasoline, but are now struggling to maintain historically normal levels. It butts right up against the lower range of the five-year historically normal range, but may not have the oomph it needs to really be safe. This is a good one to keep an eye on as well. Fortunately for all of you rural folks and grill masters, propane continues to do well as it remains just above the historically normal five-year range. If all else fails, you can still maintain the option of purchasing a propane heater, so <laughs> silver linings to everything. But ladies and gents, that's all we have for the statistics. Next, we have some news stories to peek at. The first article revolves around a study that was conducted concerning the future employment of current energy workers in California. With waves of aggressive energy policy washing over the state, some are concerned about where they will turn if their job is rendered obsolete. The report in question mentioned two out of three energy industry workers will not have to retrain too much to be able to find new work. Think of the welders, plant operators, or managers. There's a need for these people in many industrial, construction, or even corporate environments. While this is touted as a positive point by many news agencies, I still have my concerns for the other 33%. That is too large a number to be considered insignificant. It gets worse as the study continues. One in four workers will end up making less than what they were before. As for the ceiling, only 7% are expected to earn more than what they are now. Is it all that surprising? The roles these folks are expected to transition into are government investments at a state and federal level. The California oil industry contains 45,946 workers, not including C-suite and upper management, with 18% of those being in the core extraction positions. It is frightening to imagine that more than 15,000 of those people will have to search elsewhere for employment. In order to ensure what the local government considers a just and equitable transition, there is a fund of $40 million that will be used to invest in training these people for new programs. 
I'm incredibly excited to see how this works out, though I do worry about the remaining service companies. We can't afford to transition away 100%, but what does it do for competition in markets when you shrink a sector so aggressively? I don't expect too much good can come out of it. Next up, support for businesses in the UK will be waning. If you remember the 50-day Prime Minister Liz Truss, you may remember when she implemented a discount structure for businesses. The basic premise is that the price is capped for energy, but the gap between the price and the actual cost of unit per energy would be subsidized by the government. This was intended to be a short-term solution, and I think people believed the conflict between Ukraine and Russia would be about finished by the time they were ready to remove it. Unfortunately, that is not the case, as the original six-month shelf life of the policy is being extended, though the benefits are definitely being halved. While this is an appropriate solution for the short term again, any hike in price would result in taxpayers being left holding the bag. This also raises the cap for household energy prices from €2,500 to €3,100. Let's hope things don't become much worse because the tax burden is on course to rise to its highest level since World War II. I hate to extrapolate in such a negative way, but that doesn't leave them in a strong position should World War III erupt. Folks, things are gearing up in the energy world. The ball is in Western Europe's court as they decide how to manage Russia's ability to deny energy to the West starting in February. If you want to stay in the know, there's no better way than by continuing to follow Rare Petro by either subscribing to this podcast or just checking out our website, www.forrarepetro.com. We've plenty of written content, older podcasts, and old video essays, so no shortage of information for you to learn from. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. Until we see you next time, take care, everybody.